This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by, you guessed it again, it's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. If you're looking for something to do at the crossroads of entertainment, that's Hollywood and Highland. Boy, have we got something for you to do. It's to visit the wonderful Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. You can spend an entire evening there with two people with a buy one, get one offer exclusively for Star Trek The Next Conversation listeners. All you have to do is mention this wonderful podcast and you will get two for one. That's $20 for two people to head into the auditorium and believe whatever it is they choose to believe and also to not believe things that they feel like uh, don't make a ton of sense and aren't believable. However, you might be surprised some of the things in there that you're like, oh, I don't believe this are actually true. It's the fun of Ripley's. So be a part of it. Buy one, get one. Mention this podcast at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California for $20 off after 5 p.m. Buy one, get one. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name's Matt. My name is Andy. Oh, we are back. We are having a captain's holiday. I don't feel like I am. You look like you're ready for some Ryza. Yeah? Well, I'm always ready for some Ryza. So we were trying to establish, I don't know if we did, did they, well, I guess we're going to get into it. Uh, did, have they mentioned Ryza before? It definitely, like I'm not even a TNG yeah, um, that's like the pleasure planet. It's fanatic, like reference. I feel like it's constantly it's in my brain already. Yeah, I don't know if it's been mentioned this point. Well, I, as I said to you in the text message, I was like, I don't know. I just feel like Riza always has been, and yeah. always will be. Al- uh, Riza is the alpha and the omega. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. Is um, now? Do you want me to say all of our? of our social media information right here uh, the poll I think we ended on the poll on Facebook that I ran ended up uh, wherever Andy wants it to be oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you guys yeah. thank you so much God bless you all uh, I'll double check <laughs> while you're thinking <laughs> Um, uh, I know I, I saw a bunch of tweets and, and emails with people who were very aggressively telling me to put it at the top, but you can't listen to the few. You got to think about the many. Yeah, uh, there were some aggros out there, as there yeah. always are. Yeah. Um, but I do want to see that poll. Hmm. He's looking for the poll. Just a trip. You know what? Check. While he's looking for the poll, I'll just put this at the top and we can figure it out later. Um, if you want to write us on our, or if you want to just see our Instagram. Um, you know, I'm plugging away. It's almost oh, there, this, guys. We're doing this at the top now? Uh, I was just doing it while you were looking up what, what, the, what the response to the poll was. Uh, I was trying to save time. I don't care. Uh, no, no, it's okay. You can keep going. I, I'm on record as saying I think it should go just before the hails. Uh, oh. Just before the end of the hails. Someone was saying that it might be good to do at top and bottom of the hails. 
That I got an uh, a, a voice hail from a from a nice lady that said that, which I guess I don't have to play anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that's also fine. Yeah. So if if it was at the top, it would be right now before like after I'm at I'm Andy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, as always, if you want to reach the podcast, you can do so by emailing us at sctncpod at gmail.com. Or you can call us at our phone number. 816-TREK-TNC. If you're worried about someone answering, don't. No one picks that phone up. It just goes straight to your Google voicemails so we can hear your hails in the future. You can practice it as many times as you want. If you want to look at our Instagram or our Twitter, um, it's at, they're both at Star Trek TNC. Um, he's uh, at Matt Myra. Yeah. I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter. And um, I'm leaving anything out? Uh, just the uh, Patreon. I'm just saying I, I, re- I wouldn't recommend you you follow our Instagram because it's just so uh, far behind. And I would there's say nothing there, current. Uh, there are delightful things that, that go back to the nothing, beginning of the podcast. There's just nothing current. In time, we're going to get If you want to relive episode three this week, yeah, go why ahead. Why wouldn't you? What do you, I what mean, are you, oh, you are, that's what you want to do are with, you a, troubled with an Instagram. Are you troubled by it's going like, back and looking at something I mean, that's 30 crazy. years old? Is it's that like, a problem for the people of this podcast? Guessed. It's like if a TV show had a, had an <laughs> Instagram account and was posting things from episode three when they were already making episode 67. It is like that. Or it's like a podcast dwelling on episodes of television that are 30 years out of date. Yeah, no, you know, I think you want to give it the currency to the people who are downloading. Anyway, follow the Instagram if you want to It's going to be that. such a glorious day when we're all when caught up. When we're caught up, I will be so happy, but the problem Guys, is that I think we'll both be dead. How did you feel about my, uh, my, my counter idea on the Patreon? <laughs> Uh, what was your counter? It was, a, it was a thing of like that I'd be willing to give up on my OCD if we hit a certain something. Oh God! <laughs> but we don't have. I to mean, do what that. does that take? Because I'll do it. I'll sign up. How many times I do I have know. to sign What's up? What's a reasonable amount? Five hundred. If you uh, do, I have to join the queue continuum oh. to get you to shut it down. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would really be very meta if, wow. you, if you were sitting beside us. I do get half watching the back, podcast. So. As is it worth you it to me? I also think it in be. the podcast. Anyway, um, yes, Andy. That's a good effect. Hi, Bo. Bo says hello, everyone. If you don't like the sounds of dogs licking things, then this is not the moment for you. Oh. Um, to subscribe like- to our Patreon, just to close out that portion of the podcast. Uh, oh, now it's a portion. Sounds like we need a jingle. Uh, oh, that'd be great. Uh, for bonus podcasts, or we have posts. We're trying to figure a lot of it out. So we're open to a lot of suggestions, and you can. we're going to have polls so you can vote on what exactly you want. What stupidity you want from Matt and I every week? Uh, yeah. That's at www.patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Yeah. If this is not enough of us for you, please join our Patreon. There you go. What's, uh, what's, how does this work here? Okay. Matt. Should they watch this episode? Yes. Yeah. I say so because, uh, quite frankly, uh, why not? Well, I, don't, I guess we'll find out why not. Um, Look, if you want to pay attention to two more episodes of Star Trek in the future, you're going to have need to see this episode. Oh, is that true? That it is true. In. I love a tie-in. I love any any semblance of uh, of serialization, which is why people tell me that I will not enjoy only, Deep Space Nine, be, contrary to my Not only will it be hanging back in an episode of TNG, Andy, yeah. but also Deep Space Nine crazy i know love so, it oh there you go i love That's it i love a, an attention to canon spoil without spoil 
Matt. Yes, Andy. Why don't we take a peek inside the Admiral's Club? Uh, well, you know, the, how we do that, Andy, is by going through a lot of doors. And, uh, oh, dear. <laughs> what happened? Him. Look at him go. What Look ha- at him vamp. Oh, this is the most ridiculous thing ever, because I had that window open and I've closed it, so. Now he, just, now he just sounds like me. He doesn't no, sound quite like frankly. he's successfully vamping at all. You want me to vamp, I'll vamp. <laughs> Guys, as you know. <laughs> Look at him go. The, <laughs> On the ship, we have many, many corridors and many doors we walk through. And when we welcome people into the Admirals Club, which, you know, it's not that hard to get into. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and you will be inducted into the Admirals Club. Now, of course, the Admirals Club, because it's such a fancy place, it has one of the better doors in Trek. That's right, I'm talking about the sound of a wispy wooden door with some glass windows on it that for some reason have the Star Trek logo on it. Here we go. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Matt, you already explained it, and so did the song, but how did I get into the Admiral's Club? Now I've explained it. Because I know you need to hear it. No, I explained it. (laughs) All right, you came down on me last week when uh, I tried to bypass your, your explanation. Um, Oops, sorry. He's walking through the doors oh, in oh. the middle of the room. Um, I was, oh, by the way. Sorry, I leaned up against this pad. <laughs> that was fascinating to watch. I never get to see his screen until now. And he was, it was amazing. It was so much, so impressive, such impressive multitasking as he was coming up with that bull crap. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, our first uh, Admiral admission this week yeah. is from Admiral in Waiting, hilariously. Um, who says, uh, this is a flat-out ploy to become a member of the Admirals Club. I'm sure the buffet in there is okay at best. The podcast is the one I download on Monday and have to listen to uh, to it that day, even if it's a ropey episode from before the uniforms changed. Maybe by uh, all good things, Andy will get the hang of podcasting, but I don't care. Shaka when the walls fell. By the time, by the way, I don't know if this goes against me, but I might have clogged the toilet in the captain's yacht. Oh, dear. We're going to have to get that cleaned out. Pranksman! Pranksman! Uh, guys, 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 if you're a fan... Yes, hi. Pranksman, listen, we, uh, there's a mess in the captain's mess. You know what I mean? All right. I think you Take do. Care. You do Pranksman. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, just, he wasn't acknowledging. He, right. didn't, he, he was just, just down. He just nodded. What, what happened there was he was crestfallen. <laughs> gotcha. And then he walked away. He just walked. That's in a very unlike... Uh, pranksman as far as i know <laughs> um guys 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 oh, oh me too that's some classic andy vamping right there this is uh me, oh no, no did he say no, that i'm reading the thing oh that's cool that, that's, yeah. that's very cute um this is from thomas casey uh who last week when i read uh uh damien from brisbane's um entry uh, he said, me too. The British contingent are feeling neglected. And so he wrote to us, guys, 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 if you're a fan of jingles that you can't get out of your head, sound cues that go awry with a hint of misanthropy, then you will love this podcast and Andy's theories on TNG because they're really smart. Wait, how does it go? Andy's, Andy's theories are something because they're because he's really smart. Oh, wow. Oh, we man. Andy's theories. A billion times. Yeah. Uh, Andy's theories are Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Listen, as they dissect, Actually, we should pull that now. 
What do you mean? We should pull that clip that we just did with us singing along with it. Oh, and make that and the make clip? that the one we play, and then we'll sing along with that one. <laughs> Keep doubling we'll up harmonize until it sounds like an eerie. If you feel the need to do that for us, we wouldn't be mad at you. It's like it will be like Ray looking at herself. In the dark side uh, place on that island with Luke. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about awards. I know. I'm. Um, you know what's funny? You should know well. You went my, over them with Gorley. In my face group uh, yes. post the other night, I went on there uh, Monday night just to hang out for an hour and a half and oh, then deleted it. Yeah. Uh, because it was like you had to be there kind of a thing. But we sure. spent a lot of time talking about uh, Last Jedi. You did? Yeah. I, ironically, I think I might have been watching Last Jedi. While that was going on, whoa, that's weird. Are you a Beta Z? Possibly. Do they have uh, do they have powers, <laughs> or are they just a sham? Well, I think we've established that there's only one sham, and it's Deanna. Um, let me finish this uh, this uh, wonderful Brits. Um Admiral's Club entry. Listen as they dissect the good and the bad of the early seasons before they finally get to the good stuff. Andy's elation as we hit episodes like Measure of a Man or Yesterday's Enterprise is like watching the next generation with fresh eyes. Matt also brings his expertise and curmudgeonly demeanor and does his damnedest to thread the fine line between what constitutes a spoiler for a show that's 30 years old. And the last thing uh, I'm going to, uh, to play... It's a voice hail because it's from Damien from Brisbane who took offense to uh, your terrible uh, impression. He actually he actually has a separate uh, voice hail that I'm not going to play this week, uh, Damien. You're just going to have to brave because oh, I was hoping friggin' awesome Australian accent. Um, but it, it actually was in reference to uh, to the uh, United Federation of. Planets. Oh, I'm in the wrong section. Let me get out of this. Hang on one second. Let's get, let's step into guys. The, uh, I just shared a post uh, of me and Todd Glass podcasting ten years ago. My how times have changed. I'm still podcasting. <laughs> what is Todd Glass's deal? He's a musical, He's hilarious comedian. Does he play a lot of music? No, he doesn't play music. Hmm. He'll sometimes do like sound cue bits that are well, maybe fucking that's what I amazing, in like in his early special anyway Todd Glass is great I love uh, Matt we're done with the um, with the Admirals Club if you want to step into the uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle not only do I want to Andy but quite frankly I'm ready because that door is huge yep oh. Yo, I really didn't think it was going to work and then it worked Uh, I did a huge long intro to the uh, the, the voice hail from Damien uh, in the Admirals Club. The Admirals must have been looking at me like, what is he talking about? He's talking about the United Federation Planets issue. Um, and here it is. Hey, Matt and Andy. It's Damien from Brisbane again. Sorry to leave a second message straight after I left the last one, but I forgot to mention one really critically important thing. Andy, don't do an Australian accent. Just don't do any accents at all, especially the Australian one. It's just shit. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. That actually was the, uh, that was the wrong one. <laughs> so, Damien, I'm you got your say anyway. Pretty sure that was the one you didn't want to play? That was the one I didn't want to play. Oh, okay. And my incompetence worked for you, Damien. Checkmate to you, my friend. 
instead, here was the one that I meant to play. Hey, Matt and Andy, Damien from Brisbane again. I'm so grateful that you finally read my five-star iTunes review <laughs> and admitted me into the Admirals Club. I feel very privileged. However, Secunda, a bone to pick, my friend. The only reason you got a copy of that is because I screenshotted it and attached it to a PayPal donation of one cent. <gasps> it's true. Which should also make me a member of the President's Circle. Yeah. Which totally you neglected in. He's in. Much as it, much as it disgusts me, I have I to say. Come on, man, let me in. He's in under the wire. He's in He's under in. the uh, under the August first deadline. Yeah, all you people without much cash to spare, and you, you uh, want to get in that president's club. <laughs> this you have is two your weeks time. to do it before you have to be inducted via the Patreon. Another one who uh, who in similar manner has uh, slipping in is Jason Perkins, who sent us a dollar forty nine, and in reference uh, to what. What is that? What is the significance of that amount of money? It's a good question. Let's see if he explains it. President Circle achieved getting in under the wire. Patreon is <laughs> tempting me, but still hedging my bets. Sure. Andy, please have a fully charged laptop battery so I can hear the men's choir singing our President Circle doxology. <laughs> what does doxology mean? I don't know. What am I? Uh, some kind of math guy? Usually, smarty pants who knows everything. P.S. I completely understand why you didn't play my voice hail a while back. It's not like I sang you a song or had a cool accent. You know what? He's right. I'm a snob about accents because they make good radio. Uh, you are an accent racist. It's true. Oh, P.P.S. Uh, great job. Uh, uh, my apologies, Jason. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> Very confused by what's happening. I was just, I was just apologizing to him in an Australian accent. Entertaining yes. himself here. <laughs> Great job. The podcast is functioning within normal parameters. Here's another one from Chris Terrell, uh-huh. who paid us on GPay. I have still haven't figured out how to collect it. Sorry, Chris. Um, he sent us five twenty-seven, and he says, "I want into the President's Club, and he needs to do his President's voice a lot." Uh, all the time. It cracks me the fuck up. What is your president's voice? I curse. Fuck, Christopher. My president's voice? I don't know. I, I thought, don't do a president's I think your president's voice. voice is the guy who's confused and thinks he's a president. I think that's what he, he means, except that I don't do that. That's just a guy who's here. I'm the president. Oh, there he is. You're right, Andy. I'm sorry. I see you both are standing you there right now. Are about me? Yes. Hi. How are I, you, sir? I said 527 Oh, you did? I don't want to be part of the president's circle on Patreon. I just want to spend a tiny bit of money. Well, look, that's fair. I understand. Some people... But that makes me the president. No, nope, you're not the president. You're just in the president's circle. Okay, welcome. Enjoy the buffet. Thank you. Um, here's another one. Yeah. Um, from... Oh, crap. I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to vamp for a second. I, oh, my uh, God. Well, you know, I, I, but I was going to jump into the face group here. It's so weird that Michael Mann asked this question that I was going to ask everybody. But he asked it where everybody was listening from. And uh, he's listening from Minneapolis. we got Austin, Texas, Oregon... Uh, Reno, Arkansas, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, which is very close to Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Phoenix, San Jose, South Australia. Oh, Jay's kicking it. Oh, we got an Auckland, New Zealander. We got a lot of Southern Hemisphere happening. This is amazing. Golden Beach, Victoria, Australia. Chicago. Okay, Mark Schultes sent us one. Thank you, job, Matt. Uh, Mark Schultes sent you uh, one seventy eight, one dollar and seventy eight cents. Uh-huh. Sent me Says, personally. Uh, us. 
the podcast. Oh, I see how Andy does this. He reads this. He reads the email from PayPal and yes. then and then treats it like he's somehow organized this in a fashion that is no, not no, just that's not true. The I, 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 I cut because you didn't it. change the tense there. I did. <laughs> well, here's what happens. I cut and paste it uh-huh. into my Hales page. Oh, sure. sure and sure. what I realized is I had cut and pasted you know the what? message without It's too the much behind the scenes the for them right now. All right. Mark Schultz sent, us, sent this to us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Screw everybody. <laughs> Sending before the introductory uh, no APR period ends in honor of the 178 episodes of TNG. We never figured out what the previous one was, didn't we? Asking to try out incorporating a new sound cue. Matt. Yeah. Andy, would yeah. you be willing to decloak today's episode? Mark oh, that's interesting. What does that mean? Uh, to have the sound of a cloaking device. Um, oh. So are we saying that we decloak at the end of the episode, or is he like we start the episode by decloaking? I think it would be that. Well, that would be effort. That uh, If I had known about this before, I could have done that. I really dig that for next week. Uh, or maybe that could be a bonus content. Oh, uh, look. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Now I'm ready for the episode. So we've been cloaked the whole time? We were cloaked earlier. So technically nobody was even hearing this. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to cloak again. So I guess you guys are all on the cloaked ship with us is what's happening. You know what? Uh, Why don't we uh, decloak like a a Klingon? Oops. Sorry, guys. I hit the wrong button. Wow. Klingon decloaking feels much more awesome. Well, it's because they put it in the movies. Yeah. Oh, so it's much, much more sound design on it. Um, we're done with the, the President's Circle and the Admiral's Club, my All friend. All right, so we can decloak and go back in. <sighs> well, Andy, I know it might not feel weird to you, but every time we decloak, I just get a little more nauseous. Me too. Are you not? Uh, you you uh, see. Uh, some weeks you're very persnickety. On uh, what? Hang on. I'm just gonna hop in this turbo lift. Okay. okay. Now, Andy, I'm gonna take this turbo lift down <laughs> one level. Insanity. <laughs> okay. And then you know what? I'm just actually gonna stop this. Okay. Oh, you know what? We have to leave. I forgot that we have to leave the president's circle from up. Up, so I'm gonna go back. We're gonna go back up there. I take crap for the Instagram. This guy, this is an extra 20 minutes in your podcast every week that nobody is complaining about. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Excuse me. I'm just saying. There we go. Again, that uh, closed behind us. Don't sure. worry. Sure. Now that, we're everybody. in the Admiral's Club again. Yeah, we're sliding through this door. Okay. Of course, there's this door over here we got to worry about. I don't like how everybody looks at us when we're walking through these doors in the middle of the room. Well, you know, I just like that every time we're in here, I just want to make sure every door is working. Sure. Although sometimes I can only get to five or six out of the 12 of them. No, I got you. You know what? I'm just actually, why don't we just, we'll just go. Yeah. <sighs> All right. And that was the Admiral's Club. Uh, great, great job. Great job, um, some of us. Captain, we are being hailed. It kills me because every time we leave the Admirals Club, I think we're done with hails. Yeah. And then there's a whole other time segment. Sure. 
do you, do you What's wish, happening in the hailbag, Andy? Do you wish that in real life you had the the little notation at the bottom of our of our iTunes uh, where you could just jump past this section? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wish jump I jump forward. Honestly, in time past if this I section? could scrub past the the hails myself in yes. in life, I would. All I can tell you is that if we're listening to the uh, to the listening audience, uh, every every poll. Do you know what it is? It's like come on strongly. On I get more hails. So mad at myself for having yeah. wasted the time with the doors. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, that's very reasonable. Um, all right. Uh, the first voice hail I'm going to play. Oh, my God. Voice hails. Is, um, let's see. Uh, crap. Here, he's not even ready. Can you believe this? I really thought I was ready. I think something happens with the... Um, with the the Google voicemails that because I, I line them up up in uh, in um, open windows and then it uh, it just seems to go away anyway uh, there was some negativity on the show uh, that I'm, I'm gonna get into in a moment uh, or not negativity but just issues from last week and uh, so I thought I would play this positive uh, I feel like we sort of addressed that already on the face group I don't know that we need this to is the, bring this it back is such up. a classic just FYI I know I take a lot of crap this is a classic. Matt and Andy issue. I said specifically, I just wanted to address some of the things on the podcast so that everyone can hear the uh, the the conversation. Oh, I thought we buried this it. group, but I don't have to. No, no, go ahead. This was your plan, gentlemen. It's Nick from Massachusetts, the motherland, and just calling because I finally figured out what the allure of this podcast is. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of Star Trek podcasts, and I don't always seem. <laughs> you know, correct, or, or, or right there, or on the spot. And I realized why TNC is the perfect Star Trek podcast, because it's about love and understanding and not always getting things right, i.e. seasons one and two of Next Generation. So true. And, and, and that's what you're about, and that's what uh-huh. Star Trek's about. Uh-huh. It's all about the same thing, and you got it right. Keep on trucking, motherfuckers. I'm always bracing myself for the insult. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't do that, Matt. Everything's fine. Um, uh, here's another one uh, that is regarding uh, poker and data that I thought you might enjoy. Why is data terrible at poker? From Joe Fermanick. Hey, uh, Mr. Poker Matt, any yes, theories hi. on why a super intelligent Android would see a large bet and a call in the last round of betting and think his pair of fours were good? <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work, Joe. No, I, honestly, that has to be a programming error. That that does not make any Nobody sense. Was, nobody's paying attention to the that poker. That is beautiful. <laughs> and thank you for sending that. That really makes me laugh. Um, okay, so uh, last week um, we uh, received a voice hail uh, mm-hmm. that uh, was a, uh, a song, beautifully sung, a Richard Marks song, uh, with the lyrics changed to uh, suggest that... Um, I, uh, I always insinuated uh, my Jewishness, uh, my, my Jewish identity onto the show. And uh, I would say, generally speaking, there were a lot of reactions on the face group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, generally speaking, I would say that, based on what Matt himself said in the face group, that uh, we, uh, we both, our, our main reaction was, uh, oh, well, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't seem accurate. Andy doesn't bring it up constantly. As a matter of fact, that was backed up. By this uh, hail oh from Daniel Polito, did Andy just get Jew inceptioned? Hey, Matt and Andy, given your recent discussion on Andy's Jewishness being his go-to topic, I thought I would point out that it was actually Matt 
that initially introduced the Ferengi or Space Jews topic on the very first podcast in Counter at Far, uh, Farpoint. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if Andy is actually obsessed with it or if Matt keeps bringing it up and just inceptioned Andy into thinking it was he who keeps bringing it up. Hmm? Dan Polito. Um, uh, it was me. Um, and uh, he didn't um, because he had, he had said so on uh, the face group. Um, but... There was some uh, there were some negative feelings that were uh, expressed about from various perspectives. And truly, ahead. though, how many people do you think? Were uh, it was mostly one like, one gentleman. Okay, so we're yes. devoting this segment to appease this one gentleman. No, actually, it's not really. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to represent <laughs> all perspectives, but it was not for that gentleman who I wasn't quite. First of all, he checked out like right at the beginning, according to his his uh, what he wrote. Whereas we, he said we were annoying and being kind of like infantile about oh, the whole thing, which yeah. may have suggested we were being anti-Semitic. Well, I also told him he probably missed a lot more. Uh, so much it was, buddy. You did yourself a service. Yeah, we replayed that song over and over again. We hammered it into the ground. There was a lot of stuff that happened, but the and uh, Rob Garrison. Uh, um, uh, Command Master uh, Chief uh, Petty Officer Rob Garrison, who runs our face group. Um, wonderful individual, honorable individual, was concerned about the changing tone because, really, Rob has somehow created a face group based on this podcast with these two bickering, sniping individuals that is filled. Yeah, I don't with, of course you don't with with just good feelings and love and uh and just these people are just just enjoying each other so much it really is baffling to me um and uh and it seems separated from the general negativity that's on the internet yeah and no, let's uh, yeah. and you saying keeping it keep it keep it keep it separate fair enough uh so then I'll just cut to the chase um the gentleman who sang the song who, by the way, we have said every time. Yes, sang a hell of a tune uh, without question. Just the voice of an angel. And the follow will. up to that, the other thing we said to him was, "It was lazy parody songwriting." <laughs> right. That's it. That's, if anything, it. it was really that was more of our objection. <laughs> but uh, he he really was stressed out with the discussion on the face group. Did we even say his name ever? No, he never came out. He's been in hiding. Oh, Matt. poor guy. And he outed himself <gasps> in an email directly to me. But don't say his name. He wants us to. Oh, no. He wrote an email <laughs> explaining his position. Uh, and I feel like... God, if you are the man who posted the original post <laughs> that said you turned off the podcast, then quite frankly, you're a genius. What, say it again? If he was the guy that complained on Facebook about the song, uh-huh. then he's a genius. Oh, oh, that would be great. Uh, I think this guy's too decent a guy to come up with a plan that 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 terrible and crafty, but uh, that would have been amazing. Uh, but no, it was from our old friend, uh, Reese Badman, and he says to us this, Andy and Matt, I needed to reach out to you to clear up a few things. Yeah. Uh, oh, for, first of all, the title of it is "I'm Bill" because we assigned uh, the uh, the singer the name Bill, and he said, "And I'm not an anti-Semite." First, I'm the guy who left the Richard Marks uh, parody voicemail for Andy after hearing the podcast this morning on my way to work at 4 a.m. I am absolutely mortified at how this is all unfolded. Matt's first impression of my message was spot on. I noticed a trend over a handful of episodes that Andy often finds hints of Jewish culture in TNG, and I attempted to humorously point that out, period. This was not an attack on Andy or anyone who was Jewish, simply something 
that's happened several times in the podcast that I wanted to poke fun at. I think you're overstating it a little bit there, Reese, and was not several times. You know, it's three, Max. Andy is right, by the way. Klingon sounds like it has strong Hebrew influence. Uh, the writers were extremely heavy-handed in their portrayal of the Frankie in some ugly, stereotypical ways, etc. Uh, I was simply trying to point uh, that out when these discussions occur. Andy often reminds the audience he's Jewish in case anyone takes offense uh, to how he sees things. That is correct. That is why I do it, possibly in a neurotic classically Jewish manner. Uh, I am the first to admit this attempt at a joke landed very badly, had zero context for anyone to draw from, and I'm extremely sorry if it came across as an attack on Andy uh, and or all Jewish people. I absolutely adore the podcast and the two of you. I've had a lot of interaction with the show. Matt took me and Dan Castagna? To task on some comments we made during the Matter of Perspective episode. It was hilarious. I left a goofy Devin Noni Jones Jr. voice hail um, that uh, gave you both a chuckle after the price. Mary Meyer has been very sweet in multiple conversations with her (laughs) through the comments. Oh, God. And then he's even uh, texted me when I've left some messages about my daughter and uh, uh, listening to the podcast together. And how you guys uh, had fun with my name during the Matter of Perspective episode. All of these interactions have been great, lighthearted, a ton of fun. Um, The idea that I could somehow uh, mean anything malicious toward Andy, the show, or the entire Jewish people absolutely broke my heart. And I am so sorry things came off the way they did. Live long and prosper. Sincerely, Reese Badman. Um, And uh, I mainly wanted to read this because it it really seemed to be upsetting, Reese. Um, Matt and I, I think we're pretty... Pretty sure, uh, even after hearing that song, which is why I kept playing it over and over again, uh, that it was from someone who listens to the show. Yeah. And therefore, it was someone who is a Star Trek fan, and then most likely someone who believes in inequality of all races and creeds and a better future for humanity. No one's going to remember this when we put it on the fa- the Instagram. He's complaining about the Instagram. <laughs> trying to make an important point and, and bring love to everyone around us. And he's complaining. This is what you're dealing with, people. This is a great joke I said. No one's going to remember he's it. He's looking at a Mike, beautiful Mike Mann uh, post. <laughs> Look, if you want to... I say, if we get up to... 500 oh my god on the patreon i will abandon my ocd and And uh, full control of the tnc instagram over to me i don't know if i'll do that but i definitely will post it give me the login i'll give you the login yes great then we'll both have control so everyone right now please (laughs) i haven't uh, really plugged this yet what are we at to join the patreon page Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash star trek tnc now andy yes i think that's a beautiful sentiment we are a podcast that just wants to be cool and talk about trek and not bring too much of the real world into it that's true so you know a message to all decks all crew uh be chill you can't do an all hands message without me playing the thing sorry sorry Ah. i really apologize to everyone (laughs) attention all crew uh this is andy i don't really have the uh I don't have the authority to make these messages, but I snuck in. Um, you know. He's not even starting it right. But I'm not. Now hear this. <laughs> All hands. Be cool. <laughs> I don't know what I just hit. I just hit, I just hit a different button. All right, well. Oh, Everybody's no. got oh, their no. issues. Hailing frequencies open. Anyway, God bless everybody. 
Um, but oh, I can't say God bless. It's it, they, there are atheists in the future, aren't they? <laughs> well, I think they've just grown beyond it. Okay. May whatever God you believe in have mercy on your soul. <laughs> I think you're doing sounds more like a Galactica thing now. Mm. You gotta watch Galactica, buddy. That's a cute quote from the future. And that was the uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, that was hailing frequencies close. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I don't even know why everybody's listening, let alone being in a face group talking about well, it. Well, let, let's buckle up because we're going to connect right now and go to the face group because Andy's about to play that song. Oh, I am? Hang on one sec. We're going to the face group. It's you, the thing. Oh, right. Of course. Hang on one sec. Just hold on, everybody. <laughs> Just. Okay. So, Andy wasn't ready for the face group sound to play. They still can't hear the face group no, sound, but though, I, right? They could if I put my ear up to this. Should I unplug this? So no, they no, can no. Hear? I can All make right. them hear it. Computer access face group. Who photoshopped Andy oh, with a cat? Who's that calling Matt a twat? No Just one's watching it. Look. One person. <laughs> it's on Facebook. It's in our face group. Okay, it's time for the face group portion of the show. A lot of good stuff happening in there. Michael Mann's doing a lot of great photoshopping. I particularly enjoyed the quote from this week's episode. Uh, where he photoshopped us at uh, Mike Mann. I was just talking about your f- amazing Photoshop of uh, us this is at why Andy's Mike, funeral. This is why Mike Mann has so much time to <laughs> to make these uh, this beautiful art is because he's just sitting in his computer all day long. Like, oh, get back on. <laughs> <laughs> what is your job, Mike? That's a great question, Mike. What do you do Curious. over there in Minneapolis? Because you're very talented. Minneapolis, Mall of America. This is a weird, right? This is a weird segment of Face Group where we're asking the Face Group <laughs> questions. Our uh, our coworker, uh, oh no, wait, that's where Lauren's from, right? She's from Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, Lauren Bands. Find her on Twitter. She's from Minnesota. Uh, Very funny lady. We've all so far. We've only got uh, thumbs up from Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. John Cooley's on there. Uh, John Cooley, of course, will... Our whole cast of characters. At the Inovos booth. Uh, go say hi to him at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas if you're going to be there. Am uh, I going to be there? Has that been established? We have not uh, officially established that yet, Andy. We're Guys, still waiting to find out. Everybody, who? What's the name of the convention? It's the Star Trek Las Vegas. Everybody write to Star Trek Las Vegas and say, hey, you got to get Star Trek TNC there. I know Matt's going to be there, so you already got it half paid for. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. What like who? Who? I don't you're know. Just Isn't there someone you're in just writing an address? There you're must just... be a con- some contact info on yeah, there. Contact um... everybody. Harass them or tweet at them. I don't know. Uh, Mike Mann, stay at home, Dad. We got the answer. Oh, you stay at home, Dad. There you go. Good for you, Mike pal. Mann. You're living my dream. Not only do I want to be a dad, but I want to stay at home. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, face group check-in. Uh, what else is happening over there, Andy? Do we have any more information? Did you see anything particularly enjoyable over on the face group you'd like to talk about? I thought you told me that I wasn't allowed to to sort of just cherry-pick questions, that it had to come in live. Oh, is that what we're doing? Well, I, there, that's not what I here's, think here's we should the do, problem. that's what Here's the problem today. It's 9.30 p.m. on the West Coast, so the oh, East okay. Coast is already asleep. All right. Well, uh, you know, I know what I'm realizing is I should have had that whole segment about the uh, about Reese Badman's uh, song be in the face group section. Yes, I agree because that was a face group situation. Yeah. Uh, Matt Myers says this week. This is from uh, Dakumi Dakasha. I'm sorry, Dakahashi. 
Uh, Matt Myra says on this week's episode that some of the shots from the Enterprise look like a completely new model. He's actually correct. For season three, they built a completely new four-foot model to replace the original six-foot model, which proved to be too difficult to film with. In addition to this, they made the new model have a thicker saucer section to accommodate 10 forward. This model went on to be the own, to the, be the one modified for all good things and was subsequently lost after filming wrapped and was later found at a planet Hollywood hung above a grill and covered in grease. It was purchased by the producers after the restaurant closed. Amazing. That is a good bit of trivia right there. There is some great there are some great memes in here. Some of them Secunda themed. <laughs> um, also Rob Garrison's getting a book club going. Yeah, the first book on the Rob Garrison Book Club adventure is going to be uh, Federation. i got to figure out how to get the polls going on Patreon, because I was going to ask if uh, maybe we read a couple of chapters uh, per well, bonus you know, I content. actually did a live reading for them uh, uh, on Monday night for our face group people uh, of the Star Trek comic, uh, The Space Between. You read the whole thing? <laughs> no, no, no. I read some of it. Uh-huh. From some of the season uh-huh. one Should stuff. we do that one? Uh, no, it's not that good. Um, you but, know, uh, we've already gone through a lot of material that's not that good, pal, I have to tell you. <laughs> oh, no, he's right. He's right. A lot of Star Trek isn't that good. Anyway, uh, this is um, this is essentially uh, what we want to, to do here was do our face group section live on there. Uh, no one here uh, has any questions for us, because if not, we're going to close the face group with some sort of other jingle. Do we have a closing face group jingle? No, we have no closing jingle. We do not have a f- closing in, face guys. group jingle yet. So if anyone wants to come up with one of those, we would much appreciate it. But now we're going to start talking about the episode, Andy. All right. Only 40 minutes in? I know. We are really slacking, guys. Uh the Polynesian Hotel, yes. We're going to talk about what the uh, hotel looks like in Riza in just a minute. Is it where? What? Oh, I guess I can. Here, Amy, before we go, Amy Bennett wants to see a live uh, Maurice Hurley impression. <laughs> you bunch of cuckoo birds in that face group. I mean, who do you think you are? It's amazing. There's no, there's, there's, there's nothing in there that, that you couldn't deal with in a procedural that would be more entertaining. <laughs> there you go. Miami Vice's own Maurice Miami Hurley. Vice. Uh, thanks guys for watching we'll see you next week on the face group take care guys and in between when I get bored and sad and then I come on and say hello to people okay bye oh Bo's coming hi, hi Bo. Bo hi Bo what, what made you come over <laughs> Maurice Hurley probably okay Andy we're out of there it's time to talk about the episode tonight we're talking about Captain's Holiday that's right uh, which according to Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Rev- Companion they Revised Edition. This day in Trek yet, pal. No, I'm going to tell you the date it aired. That, that was oh, me, okay, vamp- that was me right. vamping okay, to open good. up the oh, Kindle. I, I can just read it. I have no, Matthew no, no, Kirk I, sends I, it to I always say that. I say this aired according... Here's what I was saying. Let All me right. finish my oh, vamp Jesus. sentence, which was perfect until All it was right. ruined. I apologize. <laughs> this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation aired the week of April 2nd, 1990. Um, it was uh, Love Will Lead You Back by Taylor Dane. Oh, a Taylor Dane song. Oh, we should have told me that beforehand. Yeah? Would you have been... Any more ready? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to text it to you, so at least it's not on me. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, uh, Vogue by Madonna. There you go. Do you want to jump to the to the hook? You don't think this is hooky enough? Uh-huh. 
I think people know it, you know? I don't remember this one. Oh, yeah. How do you not remember this song? Vogue by Madonna held its popularity in the UK, meanwhile. Tales from Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett was a bestseller. Maybe we should should read that in the the air, in the president's circle. Uh, And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles debuted at number one at the box office. Wow, that was ever number one. The 1990 United States Census begins. uh, 248,709,873 residents are recorded. Um, The unpopular community charge poll tax took effect in England and Wales. Jerry Tarkanian coached the UNLV running Rebels uh, to a dramatic win over Duke in the NCAA Division I's uh, yeah. men's basketball tournament. Go UNLV. The 103-73 victory remains the largest point differential of the tournament's history and championship game. Every once in a while, Matthew Kirk reveals his own his own hobbies and interests <laughs> in this same track. Time Magazine's cover featured a photograph of the 37th president of the United States with the caption, Nixon, in an inner emotional memoir. He describes the agony of his exile and struggle for renewal. Uh, he'll get there eventually, Andy. <laughs> Just kidding. He's long dead. Uh, is that it for this day in Trek? That's it. Oh, right. Taylor Bain, thank you so much for visiting us. I appreciate it. All right. Well, Andy, let's talk a little bit about Captain's Holiday. It was directed by Chip Chalmers and written by Iris Stephen Bear, who, that's right, he went on to uh, executive produce a little show called Deep Space Nine. Really? Iris Stephen Bear. Great gotcha. Great guy. He helped, seems like a character helped from him the at the uh, Helped him at the Apple Store once. Oh, yeah? Were you excited? Did you yes, tip I your was. hat? Oh, of course I did. He, Did he? He was very kind he was. to the nerd, helping him with his computer. Yeah. Uh, start date four three seven four five point two. The crew needles Picard into taking a much needed rest, but the galaxy's most reluctant vac- vacationer soon finds himself in the middle of an adventure, the likes of which he'd never get into aboard the ship. Bo, please don't take everything with you. I think he's going to. Okay. I don't know how you did this, Bo. I really don't. You need to. You need to just relax, buddy. This is a this is a dog emergency. Okay, we got it. We got it, everybody. Bo just took all of the cables with him and decided he was trying to go no, do his Bo. own dog podcast. No, Bo, leave Bo, me alone. Sit. I ain't trying to get Dory. Situated. Can you help us with Bo a little bit? Maybe just take him somewhere or call his name. There we go. Thank you, honey. Thank you, Dory. In rapid succession, he meets two Vorgons from the 27th century traveling back in time to locate the super weapon Tox Utoth. Damnable Sovak, a Ferengi interested in buying the artifact, and Vosh, a brash, striking woman whose late boss was an archaeologist also searching for the Utoth. Uh, according to the Vorgons, Picard is destined to find the Utat. He agrees to honor their request and return the Utat to them and their time, but he doesn't count on falling for Vosh. On there over, you can only do that when I do it into the microphone. But I don't think that's the rule. <laughs> it should be the rule, otherwise people don't know why it's being played. I guess they'll just assume I yawned <laughs> well, off mic. Oh, no, you yawned off mic. Again, it's nine thirty-seven p.m. We worked a long day. I'm not saying you don't deserve to yawn. Uh, I'm just saying that's the theme. It must be played. Look, they're joined by a leering armed Sovak, but their long dig at a presumed burial site leads yields nothing. Picard finally realizes that Vosh found the Utah a week ago and staged the dig to get Sovak off her trail. She recalls how Vorgons are said to be 
the thieves, not the retrievers, and Picard has the returning Enterprise destroy the Utah once and for all while beaming it up. The Vorgons depart while Picard and Vosh muse whether they'll see each other when the alien thieves try again in time. All right. Yeah. There you go. That's your little talk ups and let's, uh, let's start here with a fun little teaser, I thought. It's a Vorgoth transporter beam sound, Andy. It's a new one for us. Yeah. Is it more advanced? Do we establish whether they're actually from the future at any point? I think they are from the future because that seems to never be disputed. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Fair enough. They also look too much like the aliens from last week for me. I agree. Thank you for agreeing with me. The lodging chamber of Captain Jean-Luc Picard. A file scan reveals no record of a Captain Picard currently visiting Risa. It feels like... When is he expected to arrive? There is- what does it feel like? It Andy? feels like uh, characters that are set, like when you're when you're dealing with a sci-fi show and things are from the future. Yeah. Or you're already in the future. And then there are people from the far future. Yeah. They're always much more unified of gender and look and voice and clothing. <laughs> it's just like in the future, all differences between beings has been removed entirely. Yeah, isn't that kind of the common sort of thought process or like sort of what people think is going to happen? I mean, even South Park did it. Well, I find it boring. Oh. Viva la différence, I say. Okay. No arrival date on file for any such individual. Could we have been mistaken? He will come. First officer's log, stardate 43745.2. We have departed Gamaris 5, where for the past two weeks, Captain Picard has been serving as mediator in a trade dispute between the Gamarians and their nearest neighbor, the Docklands. I love this long shot of the bridge. You rarely see the bridge with such depth yeah. to it. I, I just really enjoy it. You also it. don't usually see the, uh, the dome on top, do you? Uh, yeah, you really you rarely get a good peek at that thing. Uh, they'll do sometimes they'll do a lower angle going up, but often you don't really. see I think it. I asked it very early on when we had the first shot of it. But is that a projection of what the star field? Yeah, above it, or is that like a window? <laughs> no, that's a window. It's literally a window. Wait, hang on. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the actual construction of the set, or are we talking about in the fake world of Star Trek? In- fake world how dare you <laughs> sorry are we talking about in the reality of star trek <laughs> the reality of star trek in the reality of star trek it is probably uh not glass it's probably transparent aluminum and it is a dome yeah uh, it just seems like it would make me nervous if it was just Why? a window i don't know because it could break and i'd get sucked out into space but every, my worst fear every room they go in besides the bridge has windows yeah it's true you just don't like it because it's on the top <laughs> I think it does make me more unsettled that it's on the top. But you're not thinking three-dimensionally. You're thinking like Khan right now. Think three-dimensionally. They're all on the top, depending on how you're looking at it. I am Seconda. Even though I dream about having a skylight. I don't dream about it. I've thought about it. It would be nice to have a skylight that at night you can look up at the stars. I see. Okay. Like over my bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could... Where all the magic happens. That's somewhat of an achievable goal, I think. All right. <laughs> I really guess, just think you're Let like, me rephrase it. I wish I was motivated enough to find a place that had a skylight. <laughs> Someday, Andy. Have you ever thought about sleeping standing up facing a window? 
Um, <laughs> It'd be like a skylight in some ways. <laughs> then I'm just looking out at trees. <laughs> Dumb trees. All right. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Sir. Congratulations. About what? About the trade agreement. Huh. <laughs> I really relate to Picard here. What a real sourpuss. You know, I mean, a sourpuss, he's just worn down. Yeah, I guess so. He's like us. Yeah. <laughs> Is it my imagination or something bothering the captain? He has been under a great deal of strain lately. I could tell While you exactly we Jamaris, what he's feeling, he but I'm choosing not to. And slept even less. Anything we can do? Actually, I have a solution in mind, but I doubt he'll agree to it. What would that be? You need to kiss him. A what? Captain needs a vacation. <laughs> I as, know you think about it, Rut Will, all the time. As first officer, that's your duty. We're uh, all rooting for it to happen, Will. Ironically, that's what he needs is to be kissed during an adventure. It's true. And, and Riker could have gotten that out of the way on the bridge during any sort of week. I sorry, everybody. Sometimes those trumpets are louder than I want them to be. Yikes. Sure are. Yeah, that was that was as loud as it could get. He's got so many pads on his desk. I feel like a lot of them could access the same information. <laughs> it, is, it is a little bit of a cheat to me. It's, it's like we hadn't we kind of like we hadn't like sort of established that at that point in time that like. Everything, would Everything be accessed. could be accessed by a thing. And so they were like, well, he's going to have multiple reports on his desk. Each each thing is going to be one report. It seems like a logical extrapolation, though, if yeah, you were to come up like with like the Yeah, but it was like before time, you know? It was before the time so, of these things being real. But are they thinking that I think you got to plug that, like, the pad into something? Here's and, the newest script for right. the episode of Star Trek. They thought they would just be handed out on, 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 on sheets of electronics. Interesting. You know, they just had no other course of uh, thinking. Yeah. Sir, it's been brought to my attention that one of the crew is neglecting his health again. How so? It's a classic case of stress-related ailments brought on by overwork. Exhaustion, irritability, muscle spasms. Yet he insists on ignoring it. It doesn't sound too serious. And I plan on keeping it that way. That's the most doctory she's been. And the fact that she just, all she did was say that someone's real stressed out and tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she came up with a good, a good, a good, uh, good analysis of the thing she needs no doctoring ability to analyze. All right. We'll be right back. Now, we hope, everybody, that Bo has been sufficiently bowed. So... We can continue with Dr. Beverly Crusher making Picard go on a vacation. What's the treatment? A week's shore leave. <laughs> Impossible. Jean-Luc, I could make that an order. But you won't. Oh, Beverly, you know I loathe vacations. You loathe going on vacations. Once you're there, you have a marvelous time. Why, you told me that your four days on Zeitkin 3 were wonderful. I lied. Gates McFadden has a cold. <laughs> Is that a fact or? No. I just, I just can tell. Yeah, it's my special skill. You I see can that tell when the actor had a cold or has some kind of sinus thing going on. Oh, so Matt Gorley has Wigdar. 
Yeah. Where you can tell whenever a character is wearing a wig. Yeah. And you have cold dark. <laughs> That's right. All right. Good to know. Starbase 12. While there, I promise that I will make full use of available recreational activity. Watching some technician fill deuterium tanks is not my idea of fun. That's my idea of fun. I love the way a starship works. I suppose I could find a few hours to spend on the holodeck. Forget the holodeck. Isn't there someplace special you want to go? The Astrophysics Center on Icon 9 is holding a symposium on rogue star clusters. I had what a trip. Attending. The last thing you need is serious thought. Jean-Luc, why don't you go someplace beautiful where you can relax and be pampered? Get it on. You deserve it. I'll give it serious thought. Captain. Doctor. Enough. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Star Trek uh, fancy free music. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> this is your fancy free Star Trek music. Sure. Have you decided where you're going yet? Yes, I have, number one. Bridge. No, I meant on your shore leave. Not you, too. Halt. I know this perfect little vacation spot. In fact, it falls within the coordinates of this sector. How convenient. Except, number one, I have absolutely no intention of taking a holiday. Is that clear? Very clear. Good. I'm glad we got that straightened out. Resume. The place is called Risa, and believe me, Captain, it is a paradise. Warm tropical breezes, exotic foods, nothing to do but sit around all day, enjoy the quiet, and then the, the women. women. Of course. I'm sure you would find their sybaritic outlook on life very appealing. Do you think his, of course, was, I forgot who I was talking to briefly, but then you said the women, and now I'm saying, of course. What? I'm not following. Like, it's like, the women. And then he just goes, of course. This is what like Riker's into. That's what into. Riker would talk about. Yeah. Oh, it's 100%. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, what else could it be? I'm glad to hear you say so, sir. Unfortunately, this vessel is about to undergo extensive... I will say that you're right that it takes a hard turn in that moment to being, this is who everyone on the crew sees him as, this is who the show sees him as. Uh, Whereas I think up till now, it's kind of been like, eh, Riker, you know, he he likes the ladies in in like a minor way. This is definitely like sitcom character level, like, of course, Riker's talking (laughs) about chicks again. As requiring my personal supervision. What about Risa? Some other time, number one. Will, I just had some terrific news. Really? There's an excellent chance that my mother may be joining us on Starbase 12. Your mother? She's returning home from a conference on a Crady 7, and she's going to try to rearrange her schedule so she can spend some time visiting with us. That's wonderful, Deanna. She mentioned how much she was looking forward to seeing you again, Captain. Did she? Commander, could I have a word with you? <laughs> what do you think of that? With the the, the her ploy? Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, clever. I like also that it, they're not playing it dumb, that Picard knows what's going on immediately. <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, I don't think he think. I don't think he knows. I think he's about uh, no. to reveal that he knows. <laughs> I think he... I think he also is concerned that at the slightest chance that Deanna's mother really oh that's possible yeah. but he definitely think, knows that that is her she is <laughs> she, did you see that pleased as punch did you see that double fist pump that Deanna Troy just yeah. gave that's amazing Something Ooh, wrong. The double. tell me number one 
Is the entire crew aware of this little scheme to send me off on holiday? See, he knows that she's doing that I believe there are two engines stationed on deck 39 who know nothing about it. That's, That's us. us. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose this means I can look forward to a No one tells us anything on this ship, Matt. You know, I swear to God, every time we go to a star base, I know something's cooking upstairs, but they never tell us anything. There's so much. Why is the ship always shaking? There, we must be in some kind of danger. Nobody ever tells us all anything. We have, all we do is look at this deuterium tank all day and go, oh, it's almost full. Yep. Oh, good job. You filled it up. Oh, we're almost empty. We better tell Captain we need to go to star base. So we don't even get to talk to the Captain. We have to tell Lieutenant Pranksman, and he runs it upstairs. That's why we started this podcast. Unfortunately, they can only listen to the podcast if they get individual paths with it downloaded onto it. <laughs> oh, each episode. <laughs> each episode is downloaded it's onto each individual pad. podcast. We have so, a giant storage locker if you filled look, with yeah. pads of all of our episodes. We'll have a desk that's like 14, 15 pads. That's just really 14 or 15 episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Object. What do you think of the captain's vacation clothing? I do have one request. Uh, I think it's a little absurd. (laughs) Like a sky blue pirate? I like how he has pleats on his legs. It's not a pleated front pant. It's a pleated leg. Consider it done. Definitely got it. He's got a lot of padding in the shoulders. Eighty style. To assign a security officer to you, we will be out of communication range when we leave orbit. I really don't think that will be necessary, Mr. Wolf. Now, Price, uh, maybe you should listen to Wolf once in a while, Captain Picard. That's all I want to say. What were you going to ask, Andy? I was going to ask, Wolf is 100% right, isn't he? And it did raise the question for me, what happens when any captain or personage of, of, uh, of his level of importance goes off by themselves like does don't they always have a security detail like he's basically the equivalent of a president he's he's got so much knowledge no 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 he's just allowed he's, in, a he's just allowed in the president's sure, circle right, sure um but he's he's got all this knowledge about starfleet and the enterprise he's 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 uh i don't know he's just an important person to starfleet he could be kidnapped he could be it just feels like he should absolutely have a security detail around him all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I get Picard's uh, thing of like, it's Riza, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh-huh. But I also see Worf's point of view. And I just wish people would err on the side of caution more. But if you did that, there'd be less dramatic to- storytelling. I agree. Uh, no, all Being the most peaceful planet. Aye, sir. I wish we pan back from that shot to reveal that that security officer had a suitcase packed. And, <laughs> and he walks off so sadly. Sad. <laughs> Thought I was going to get to go to Riza. With Picard. I had all my anecdotes set for what I was going to say to him. I was going to tell him about how I could get a promotion. And, yeah, and, oh. Well, the ship is yours, number one. Yeah, I wish the ship was mine. Enjoy your trip, Captain. I'll try, Counselor. He's going to have a great time. So that FYI, right there is, go ahead. I was going to say, that right there is the excitement of, a, of an actor who realizes that they're done for four days. <laughs> You're totally right. That's why he's so buoyant. 
He's going to have a great time. Well, I'm going to Hawaii. Have a great time. <laughs> and we're done. All right. I'll see you guys later. Was he already married to Jeannie Francis at this point? I believe so, yeah. That's too bad. Were you, what was your, what were you going to say? Uh, I don't. Oh, I was just going to say that I was, uh, last week, uh, based on the, the title, I predicted that this was uh, the whole beginning of the episode. Oh, totally. The only thing you didn't get Secunda. right about the episode was the fact that it started started on the planet without the captain. Not that you have to get that detail correct, but you were correct of the 19,000 scenes that would be oh, I people see, yes. trying to force him on vacation. Yeah. Would you say that that was a, a Bond-like opening? No. Because he wasn't in it. Right. Right. But he does land uh, in Riza, and he realizes he has transported into uh, an episode of The Golden Girls. (laughs) Oh, I beg your pardon. God, it's so good to see you again. This makes no sense. I think you've mistaken me for someone else. Also, what are you doing? You know, I think you might be right. Welcome to Risa. Well, it's Risa. He knows what happens on Risa. What happens? He probably just assumes that she works there and is trying to... I think he doesn't understand what a kiss is, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Andy theories. A handshake would have sufficed. Why is he so mad? He's always so mad. Because that's he's saying exactly what he thinks. He thought she was just saying hello, and he doesn't understand what a kiss is. Like you could have just shaken my hand. This other hello. thing that you were doing, whatever it was, seemed very unsanitary. And afterward, I really hadn't thought that far ahead. Then may I suggest a swim followed by a massage? Some other time, perhaps. By the way, like in the four, in the in the to the right of uh, this uh, Risa woman, uh, there's an Andorian. Oh, nice. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That poor schmo had to be in that outfit for hours. I don't understand. It's probably just a nice wig. You just have to paint your face blue. Do you have to paint your... The beauty of the Andorian Uh, makeup. Can't you see his arms and they're green? Why would his arms be green? He's an Andorian. Andorians are blue. Oh, well, whatever the case... wearing a green, cool Andorian vacation outfit. But they're... Oh, I see. Gotcha. But the face is blue. Yeah. Right. My apologies. Why? Are you implying this has some special meaning? The Horgon is the Rysian symbol of sexuality. To own one is to call forth its powers. To display it is to announce you are seeking Jamaharon. I gotta get myself a Horgon. Andy, I think you're already Do projecting. You seek Enough. I'm already you projecting. Don't, you don't have Horgon. You don't need it. <laughs> That's what that's what I've been doing wrong, Matt. I haven't been announcing that myself uh, with the Horgon. No, no, I'm sure you have. Are you sure? Yeah. I will leave you now to your book. That is all I ask. Why doesn't he have just a pad instead of the book? Because he's a captain. We've discussed this. It's like their affectation of sure. Federation captains. They must read leather-bound books. It seems like, based on the way that a pad works, it's just as much of an affectation as a book. Uh, cute move there. He shoves it under there, under his towel. 
Yeah. I also don't like space towels. Space towels do not look absorbent ever. It's true. Because uh, they're shiny. <laughs> that's exactly right, Andy. Yeah. You dare to insult me? Rangi comes over. Oh, boy. Picard is not having it. I advise you to listen closely, for I will not say this again. I came to Risa for a holiday, nothing more. I have no knowledge of this woman of whom you speak, nor have I set eyes on any disc. <laughs> you expect me to believe such feeble lies? I don't care what you believe! This is not over yet, human. The disc is mine! And so is the woman. Remember that! Oh boy. This episode really is a diversion. Oh, were you doing were you doing uh curb your enthusiasm? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to nail it. That explains it. Explains what? I noticed you arguing with that Ferengi. For a moment there, it looked like it was going to come to blows. You're the woman he was talking about. I hope your disagreement wasn't over me. For that information, you'll have to ask him. Where are you going? Find some privacy. Wait a second. What did he tell you? I bet there wasn't a bit of truth to it. And you said you didn't know her. I don't. And I don't want to. Return the disc to me and all will be forgiven. The disc doesn't belong to you, Sovac. It never did. It would seem the two of you have a lot to discuss, if you will excuse me. Jean-Luc, I'm sorry. Perhaps I could explain all this to you later? Perhaps you can. I have a proposal. I'm oh, boy. Andy, she just put the disc in Captain Picard's swim I know. It's crazy. Smock. He's really getting deeper and deeper into this thing. Did you have any sort of uh, information you'd like to share with us? Um, Christina Col- Kochoff. There we go. I knew that was on his computer for some reason. Uh, was the Andorian. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see what it says about I thought about you were going to tell us about Vosh. Vosh, the look at the girl. Didn't you have that page up on your computer? J- the main girl? Jennifer. Vosh, yeah. It's Jennifer Hedrick. Uh-huh. Um, I can go into that if you wish. I thought you pulled it up for a reason. She had a, a, a long recurring uh, part on L.A. Law that I remembered. Um, she is a journeyman actress. She was also in... Oh, she, had, she comes back later in Deep Space Nine. Oh, Spoiler. no, he's spoiling himself. You're, oh, you're myself. reading the memory alpha page and not IMDb. No, I am writing, uh, reading IMDb. Oh, I see. It's in Silk Stockings. Uh, she was Mrs. Moran in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know which one that was. And Probably one of the teachers at Sunnydale. Well, I can look it up if you want. That's okay. Homecoming, Mrs. Moran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming it's back. Buffy and Cordelia vie for homecoming queen, a group of killers. I don't know. It still doesn't say. <laughs> um, there's a pretty good shot that someone who was in Buffy that played Mrs. Something was a teacher. All right, now I gotta look it up. Why? I don't know. I feel like... Uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, if you like a good Buffy podcast, head over and listen to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Uh, it's a great, great podcast by some dear friends of mine. Is, uh, you're going you're gonna to be able to cheer your name, Matt. Why? She taught Buffy Summers. How to what? Mrs. Moran. Yeah. She was a teacher. 
contemporary American. Andy, but that's all I was telling you was that anyone who's credited on Buffy as Mrs. Something or Mr. Something was one of the teachers. Uh, Buffy considered Moran to be her favorite teacher as Buffy was not allowed to receive one from an English librarian. I don't know. It's in reference to Giles, but I don't know what that Oh, means. dear God. <laughs> um, yeah, but you didn't know for sure. You know, you're the only person who, when your opinion is confirmed, you're annoyed that we didn't assume you were right in the first place. Well, I just want to know where the logic is in it not she being She could have just teacher. been somebody's mom. That was called Mrs. Something? Moran. Well, no, none of the other kids had the Moran last name. Uh, you, uh, there, it could have been a side character. Who has a mom? That yeah. Is, that speaks on oh, the show? Oh, you think that there has not been a mom character that speaks on Buffy? Not I, that isn't, like, related to one of the Scooby gang. I disagree with that. No, I think you better find out. All right. How are you going to find that out? I'm going to ask all the definitely Buffy fans in the audience <laughs> to name a character that is a side uh-huh. character's mom uh-huh. that speaks <laughs> that speaks and is only credited as Mrs. Or, or Mr. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, that does not share the last name of one of the main characters of the Scooby Gang. Correct. Okie dokie. And what will you what will you <laughs> what will you do if I'm right? Uh, what do you want me to do? Uh, I want you to say Andy. Is always right. Okay, and what do you do if I'm right? I don't know. What do you want me to do? Nothing. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need gratification because I'm always right. You're not. I'm a nerd I'm bully. Right. It tells of a visitor from the future who left behind the mysterious device known as the Tox Utat. Essentially, that story is correct. Good sound job on the voices of these people. Actually exists. Yes. It was invented by a scientist named Cal Dano in the mid-27th century. The UTOT is a quantum phase inhibitor capable of halting all nuclear reaction within a star. You know what's weird is last week I was uh, held captive by a bunch of aliens that look kind of like you guys. <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? This guy was, uh, this guy, uh, the, the guy is Michael Champion, and I believe he was in Beverly Hills Cop. As the champion. Uh, no. Uh, I believe he was one of the, uh, he might have been the guy who says, an anti-banana disguise. You know that guy? Is this the banana in the tailpipe situation? Uh-huh. Yeah. And the two guys later come up and they give Judge Reinhold a, a disguise that's a banana nose. Good to times. make fun of him, Good he's times. also a prehistoric man in history of the world. Part one. Part one. There was never a part two. That's mm. the joke. They never got to it. However, they did play this at the end, which ties in thematically to a large portion of our hails this week. I haven't heard this in 20 years. I had not heard it either, and then somebody sent it in to us. I apologize. I'm not crediting you, sir. Um, really good effects in that for the time, I gotta say, in that sequence, based on the fact that it's full-on just parody. Uh, that's what Mel Brooks was... Uh 
the best at. Effects. Parody is what I was referring to. But yes, special effects also. I mean, the way that Winnebago flies through space, I believe it. I agree. Remember all that blood that comes up and Dracula didn't loving it? That looks great. You know, I never saw Dracula didn't loving it because I knew it was going to be terrible. It's not as bad as you think. Stephen really? Weber t- puts in a good turn. I do uh, like Stephen Leslie Weber. Nielsen's great. Uh, you get a little, uh, little bit of, um, a little bit of Mel popping in there. Uh-huh. It's a good time. Powerful weapon into the past. Criminals attempted to steal the device, so he fled back to the 22nd century where he hid it. Azure and I were the security team assigned to retrieve the Utah. I gather you were unsuccessful. Yes. When we returned, we began to search through the historical records for some clue to the Utah's fate. They clearly Their don't have any kind of time prime directive. They're just telling them everything. That you had discovered an object of unknown origin while vacationing in Risa. From its description, a crystal fitting into the palm of the hand, we surmised it could very well be the Tox Utah. So, do you think these two police, these time cops, have spent the time looking through documents for anyone who found anything that was like a crystal that fit in the palm of their hand? That's a valid question. I don't know. Because that seems crazy. Also, isn't it like a little... Oh, no, it's the... I'm thinking about the disc. Yeah. So, I guess... But, yeah, it seems like that's such a huge... But maybe that's why there's only two of them. Maybe they sent the security people all over the... the uh, nah, but they're sure. They're yeah, sure yeah, yeah. he has it. Yeah. Yeah. They're also waiting for him. Like, do you think they arrived early and then late and then early and then, like... I just don't understand. In the end of this, also, by the way, they should just pop back ten more minutes. Totally. Whenever they're transporting, I'm wondering where they're going. Are they going back to the future to hang out for a minute and wait for time to loop out? Like, what is happening? It's really true. Uh, my sense is they're just sort of popping to their rooms and they're just chilling <laughs> until it's time to appear again. But it doesn't make any sense. Are they like like kicking around? A, and why did they make a mistake when they appear before he's there anyway? Unless the records aren't that accurate in the God, future. I don't know about time travel, guys. It really confuses me. Anyway, we go to Vash's room, which again looks like the lanai on Golden Girls. He's searching my room periodically. This is what he's looking for? I'm sorry I had to hide it like that. I was afraid he'd start searching me next. This disc must contain some very valuable information. Well, I doubt it's anything you'd be interested in. It depends. On what? On whether or not it has something to do with the tox utat. Did Sovak tell you that? Well, let's just say I've heard rumors that the Utat is located somewhere on Risa. He really delivers that like he's uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> I've heard rumors. On what? On whether or not it has something to do with the Tox Utat. Here comes Christopher Walken. Did Sovak tell you that? Well, let's just say I've heard rumors. Oh, yeah. There it is. It's Patrick Stewart. Rumors. Yeah. Andy, you have your phone Oh, uh, give me a break. Yours something? was as bad oh, as Oh, I mine. thought you were going to oh, tell sorry. me something. No, I wasn't going to tell you anything. Oh, because it looked like you were holding up some information. Uh, oh, well, I'm just looking. You're holding a pad. Well, one thing, I think we're past it, but there was a girl in the opening scene who had a see-through plastic outfit 
uh-huh. that I think is almost completely naked underneath it. And I was like, can they get away with that? <laughs> Not on rice, obviously, but on Andy, television. Andy, you'll never, you'll never lose your uh, childlike wonder. I won't. <laughs> it's really amazing. Uh, this Frankie is one we, we see quite a bit, right? Do you want me to tell you? I figured you would know. Do you want to go into the Ferengi? Huh? Sure. All right, whatever. I'll, I'll circle back to it. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And, uh, I don't know. Keep moving. <laughs> uh, according to Michael Pillow, the first draft of the story concerned only the group's search for the ancient artifact, a la the Maltese Falcon. But at Ron Moore's suggestion, the time travel element was added. The off-ship opening was a first for the series, but an echo of that scene planned to close the show, implying that the Vorgons were already returning to try again. But it was cut when it became too confusing. Interesting. I like that, though. Yeah. Like, we close the show with them returning? Yeah, I like that, too. To the time before? Yeah. So either they're stuck in a loop, or they're going to be successful this time. Yeah, that would have been more interesting. It sure would have. Uh, now, let's see. We also know about this. Uh, Good Rank was a Ferengi on TNG. And, of course, we all know him as Rom on Deep Space Nine. Uh, Rom does some great Roming. He is um, Quark's brother, Rom. He, um, he really, uh, if you look at him without his... Uh his makeup, he looks... Like a Ferengi? Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, They're really well familiar. cast. And it's interesting how it's... He looks different than uh, the other Ferengi. How so? See, I don't know. It's just his eyes look different. He, like, looks like, uh, you know... The, you can see the character character aspect of him. They always played Rom so bumbling. Right. Which I didn't... That's sort of the character here. Yes. I, well, I find that character... I feel like Ferengis are always bumbling in TNG era. They are a little bit bumbling, yeah. They're very bumbling. It's interesting that they set them up as as villains, like the main villains for for TNG. Yeah. And then they instantly turn them into cartoons. Yeah. Cartoons or space Jews? Space Jews, could be. <laughs> By the way, this name is... Did you say his name? Michael Grodinchik. And uh, he's from Queens, New York City. So... Probably a good bet that he's one of my tribe. He's from Queens, everybody. Since we're on the topic uh, of Queens, n- of of the whole the whole thing from oh, the face boy. group, I really stepped in it there. I uh, I just want to play one more thing um, that was a little bit of a callback for last week. Somebody did a spinoff song that didn't apply to me, uh, and here it is. Should have been in the voicemails. My apologies. Whatever you say, whatever you do, Matt Myra will tell you that he is a half Cuban, half Portuguese, or whatever. Whatever the pod, be it Star Trek or Bond, Matt Myra will tell you that he is a half Cuban, half Portuguese, or whatever. Didn't seem to delight you the way that I thought. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's off. A little bit, like the the iambic pentameter of the song does not fit that half 
Cuban, half Portuguese, no, so or whatever. Your objection is to the craftsmanship of the song. Yeah, well, while the previous song was lazily rhymed, right. it at least fit But wonderfully sung. Exactly. Well, I, I'm not judging the singing here. I'm just mainly judging the fact that you can't squeeze all of that into that lyric. I can't dispute anything you're saying. Now. So, I mean, that's where it falls apart for me. Right. And well, it's also, go. I'm only a quarter Portuguese and a quarter Italian and half Cuban. I actually didn't know that the breakdown was that. It's uh, what I used to call Sportuguesian. How if I am a Jew of Italian descent, what is that how does that break down? You're Italian. I'm Italian. Yeah. But I'm not full Italian. What are you? I got other stuff in there. It's what do you got? Russian and Austrian and crap like that. Cool. That's pretty cool. Whatever the case. Whatever. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So what exactly? I feel like we're like nine hours in. How long have we been recording? Only an hour and twenty minutes <laughs> oh, or so. Jesus! I know. Okay. It's about twenty-seven kilometers due east. There's some subterranean caves there. That's where you'll find the Utat. I'll meet you in the lobby in fifteen minutes. Be punctual. Oh, and uh, I advise you change your clothes. Jean-Luc. We're going to make a wonderful team. Saucy. I would have more appreciated a Jean-Luc. You better do the same. Oh, that would have been better. Come on. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Although you liked it because it was saucy? Uh, I don't know. I like her in this. I oh, she's, she's good. She's very good. I think yeah. it's it had to be very difficult casting to come up with an actress that was sort of could hold her own against Patrick Stewart in this thing where the character really is ill-fitting to this kind of plot. And I thought they did a good job. Yeah. I also like their um, uh, adventurer clothes. I like the... Like, they look like they're... They look like they're... uniforms are insane to me. They look like they're working the uh, Indiana Jones ride at Disney. I guess that's true. They look a little... They're very... um, It's a very classic khaki uh, and light top. Which tells you, hey, we're adventurers. I expected such treachery. Did you think you could sneak away from me so easily? The disc. Where is it? Didn't anyone tell you weapons aren't allowed on Risa? You're making a grave mistake putting your trust in this woman. It would be a worse mistake to trust you. Silence! know how she acquired the disc in the first place? Sovac? <laughs> I paid nice subtle performance. But instead she betrayed me and used my money to make her way here. It didn't happen that way. She's a greedy and unscrupulous woman. <laughs> He's into a it. perfect mate for a Ferengi. You're becoming quite annoying, Sovac. As are you, human. Perhaps I should kill you and then take the disc. No, wait. You can have it. Quick hands by Picard. I like how he has to go to his go to his left hand with the phaser and then punch with his right because he knows that his right is his dominant punching hand. Yeah. Also, it looks cool for the girl the woman tosses it in the bush 
And now Why don't we just go hold to on to it. It's Does a great he, question. Maybe he doesn't want to break the rice right. in law. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a Starfleet officer to the bitter end, Andy. He sure is. This cave makes me have to pee. Do you want to take a break? No, it's okay. Jean-Luc. Picard. I'm afraid I haven't been completely honest with you. Forgive me if I don't act surprised. Sovak did pay me to hand over the disc. So you did steal it? It wasn't stealing. The professor had died. I had already spent five years of my life tracking down the Utah. But you took Sovak's money. After I killed the professor. I mean... It was the only way I could afford to get to Rice. Uh, As for bum, 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 Sovak, bum, he got Any woman who can beat a Ferengi at his own game bears watching. I'll take that as another compliment. I'm flattered. I'm wearing part of a curtain. Well, <laughs> should get some sleep. Do you like it? <laughs> I see we've dressed almost exactly the same. Just like those future people. You know, Jean-Luc, it's lucky for you we met. If it wasn't for me. If it wasn't for me, you'd still be back there sitting in the sun, relaxing. That happens to be why I came to Risa. I'm sure you hated every minute of it. That kind of vacation isn't for a man like you. You need excitement. Excitement? Spending the night in the damn cave. Chasing after something we should probably never find. I'm not going to lie. This makeshift bed looks very comfortable. You want to go? I want to go to sleep. I want to go to sleep in a cave. I think any bed looks comfortable to you right now. I want to go to sleep in a cave. You're enjoying yourself, aren't you? Ah. What? I think this episode... I don't think there's enough story for this episode. That is it. This episode is that too is exactly long. what it is. There's not enough story for the episode. <sighs> it's. I think you know. This I is think an epi- There's also there. I have an objection to this episode yeah. on the basis of, in addition to the story, there not being enough story. It's okay. You're going to do something different and do this kind of Casablanca-ish plot with Picard. I'm in, I'm interested. I feel like they did. It just doesn't feel like it's in the Star Trek universe. Yes, like Here's there are aspects, but it just doesn't feel like it's drenched. Here's what this in that. episode is missing. Yeah, a B story on the Enterprise. Oh yeah, that would have helped. This would have it would have helped tremendously. Would it have tied in? It doesn't have to. Honestly, it could even just take place back on the Enterprise. Like, you could see, I would like to see a little bit of, like, how does the crew deal without the captain, with the captain on vacation? Like, I'd like to see those beats. So yeah. then you could show the discomfort, mutual discomfort that's being happening. You have the discomfort of the crew that is not comfortable with Captain Picard, you know, there. Maybe it's done with, like, a scene where, like, Riker is over, uh, is going down to oversee the repairs on whatever let's say it's deuterium the, the deuterium tanks with the two ensigns on deck 39 um let's say he's down there uh and it's like Jordy's department and uh Riker says okay that'll yeah good job Jordy." he's like are you sure you don't want me to get it to 98 percent the captain always and like just sort of like a little bit of like a little like you want operations 
Well, it's protocols. not that I want it. I just want to see a little bit of like. I want to see a little bit of like how they how 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 are they dealing without him, uh-huh. and how is he dealing without them? Well, I assume it raises the question of like, well, are they dealing with a crisis or are they just dealing with basic stuff? Because if they're dealing with basic stuff, then how do you make it interesting? And if they're dealing with a crisis, then why don't they just get him back? So that may have been the question that they faced. No, I don't think they're dealing with the... I think... I would like to see them on Starbase. I'd like to see that sort just of... Just hanging out. Just sort of that little just down... dealing with stuff. Like, give us a downbeat with them. Yeah. I would like to see, I would like to check in with them I like five that. times. Just, yeah, just, just seeing them. Check in, in with them once and act. Yeah. Maybe you could even tie it in in a way where, like, he realizes stuff's going down and they've amped up the danger on the planet. And so... He calls them. Yeah, he tries like, to reach out to them, and something's going. Something minor is going wrong with the communication system on the ship. So, it's or it's like, uh, I need you here right away, and it's like, is an emergency, Captain? It's like not an emergency, but I'd like you to come. And they're and then they're like trying to get the ship ready to go. You know, my overall feeling is on this episode, which I think is just that it feels like a holodeck episode, <laughs> except it's not on the holodeck. And you're not even exploring the it's meta aspect of it. It's missing a little of bit it. of um, Star Trekiness. Star Trekiness. Yeah, Star Trekiness. That's what I feel. Spice. Too. Yes. Star Trek spice. It's missing. It's well, missing this is, Star Trek. This is nutmeg. Star Trek's uh, attempt at the Spice Channel. <laughs> Those of you who are old will get that reference. Yes. I just wanted to hear you say it. Good. Now let's get some sleep. It looks so cozy. He pulled the blanket off her. Now she's mad. Who's this? I like to watch people with blankets on them. All right, Newsy. <laughs> Get out of here. You sure you don't want a paper, sir? <laughs> no, I don't need a paper. All right. Gonna do a dance over here Just and a musical number. Do it out there and get Andy back in here. I'll never forget that look on your face when you thought I was offering you to Maharon. I'm trying to think about how this scene is written and if it's right. a good job. <laughs> I know. Yes, you want them to have this sort of conversation where, I mean, it's just a silly conversation to have with someone you met a day ago to start it with. I'll never forget that blah, 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 blah. It's true. <laughs> I'll never forget that thing we did one day ago. Um,. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're I, trying to they're trying to get through you know the is? natural resistance of Picard's personality to this scene happening. <laughs> That's stilted. Here's how you write that scene. All right, she starts chuckling. Okay, and he says, "What is it? Did I do something?" Yeah, and she's like, "Well, actually, I was just thinking of your face. What face? Right, the face you made when I." Blah 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 blah. I mean, the only thing I'm just say- a natural way to get in it. Not a, not a. I mean, maybe it's a time situation on the script where you're like, we're at a page count and we gotta. But with a script with not this much story, you saying they're padding it out with dialogue? Yes. Well, I'm saying maybe. actually no, that, I'm not saying- that stands to reason based on the way. <laughs> but this it's plays also out. like just to start it with. Remember when you did this? It's not even a remember. Yeah. It's the it's it's and Ira is such a talented writer, and I have to imagine this isn't his fault, but like. Listen to this dialogue. (laughs) 
No reaction from him. I'll never forget that look on your face when you thought I was offering you to Maharon. Now, that was a simple misunderstanding. What a weird sentence. Here's the thing that I would say. I think what they are presenting in this moment is that she, because she's like, they're done. Like, the, the, the conversation is over, they're going to sleep, and she's like, no, 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 no. So she knows what she wants in this situation, you know, and whether there's actual attraction or not is a separate issue. But she definitely wants to, you know, keep him engaged and maneuvered and probably have something happen between them. So she uh, she's like, hmm, she's like looking at him like, how can I open this conversation? And so I'll talk about the Jamal Haron thing, but she doesn't do it. She like they want to show us the seams of her being manipulative in this moment. Is my theory. It's a very Matt-esque way to explain things in the yeah. sense of you're the one over here trying to fix things. That's true. And I'm trying. I'm being the Andy right now. It didn't make sense, but Andy fixed it. You did seem a little disappointed when I turned you down. <laughs> Are outrageous. This is craziness. It's, it's weird. <laughs> this is insane. And I understand the um the time crunch they're under to try to get this romance <laughs> to work uh-huh. in in a in a in a somewhat grounded way. But this dialogue is You know what it is? Bananas. I think they picked the wrong characteristics for the woman that Picard develops an attraction for. I think they made her too kind of girly and flirty, and I think that Picard would have been more drawn to someone who's a little bit more sophisticated and uh, a badass. Well, they did it with the architecture, the uh, archaeology thing. Boom, that's yeah, one of his passions. He loves that. Sure. And, uh, you know. Like, he likes the cheese wrap scallion, but I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. It doesn't seem to fit his personality. Thank you. Well, maybe it fits vacation, Picard. It could be. Pretty stimulating yourself. Don't you see? We're a lot alike. It's probably why we get along so well. This lady is thirsty for Picard. I think he's just as thirsty. He's just playing it a little cooler. We don't get along. We're well, not getting along. Being that he doesn't understand what sex no. is, I don't know. That no, that's he true. is in a thirst trap right now, and he doesn't even realize it. Well, of course not. He, he doesn't know what sex is. We're not getting along. That's all right with me. This is sex. I sex you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying hello the way that you said hello earlier. This is shaking hands on Risa, correct? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what the scene should have been. I'm sure of it. Oh, Andy. To make love to a, an ascending crescendo of string section. Is that your dream? No. <laughs> hey, listen to this. Oh. What is this? I know everyone in uh, Offspring kept on saying that Picard isn't a father, but... When he's in that little uh, dressing gown, oh, 
he's a daddy. <laughs> I was going to be like, Andy, we played this last week, but I understand why you just played it because it's very funny. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to this section of the story and not a lot's going to happen. No. Because. The future people. A little premature, aren't we? We are to be a witness to a great moment, Picard. <laughs> I like Who the this. hell are they? That they're just like... They are... <laughs> like tourists. Security officers <laughs> from the 27th century. I want to watch Picard find the thing. They're here to take back the Utat. You knew about this and didn't say anything? I'm sorry, Bash. Would you have brought me here if I had told you? Probably not. My point exactly. So, the betrayer is herself betrayed. Well, you've put together quite a little... I am a fully decorated Ferengi officer. Quiet! How did you get here? I found the disc in her room. That's impossible. I I made a copy as a precaution, but I burned it before we left. Ah, only the outer casing was incinerated. Now, I had no intention of interrupting you. Please, continue digging! Why didn't you just wait then? <laughs> that was all done. <laughs> Ridiculous. Now would be a really great time to go back to the Enterprise. I agree. And it's and it kind of your point is really clear in this scene because you got the two people from the future there, you got them digging, you got the guy holding the gun on them. And there's no dramatic tension. Nothing's happening. In any way, Nothing shape, or form. Nothing is happening. Yeah. You're at no point fear for anything. It's sort of just a lyrical little detective story, but there's never any danger or anything. Yeah, I mean, we can start the scene on a on uh, the phaser rifle of the Ferengi, but it still is meaningless. Yeah. But you do get sh- sleeveless Picard, which is pretty sexy. He's a daddy. He is a daddy. No one told you to stop digging, human. I see no reason to continue. You will do as I say. <laughs> Look about you, Sovak. By now it must be obvious, even to you. The Utah is not here. <laughs> is this some pathetic attempt at trickery? Of course it's here. We still <laughs> it's a really funny performance. That's why he was brought back. He was good. Wrong. Would appear so. He's a regular on D- but how DS9? Can that be? His yeah. evidence was overwhelming. Mm, that's good. I'm Enough glad. With this foolishness! Can't you see? He's trying to deceive us! Return to work this instant! <coughs> He's got good comedic timing, this guy. Right, Sovak. He does. According to the disc, we should have reached it hours ago. Lies! Treachery! This cannot be happening. Not another failure! Not after having come so close! It is most puzzling. Oh, these guys again. Let's hit our buttons and return to our rooms. <laughs> Let's return to the void. It's over, Sobak. No. <laughs> also, the things I that they hit the... 
the um, the transporters, whatever the fuck they are on there. Sorry, inside of their uh, head there. Inside of their head is very sort of dumb future. <laughs> 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 Isn't it just like the blending of technology and humanity Things. or species? Easies? Oh, so you're saying they're actually hitting their ear and it's making them go into the? Well, I'm saying they just have like cybernetic implants. I see. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, so they leave there, and then Picard's like. Girl, I know you gots the thing. <laughs> there will be other treasures to be found, Rush. Not like the Utah. I have the wooden thing. Oh, no. He doesn't even know how to describe his own penis? <laughs> <laughs> Andy. That is an embarrassing one for both of us. <laughs> well, it's lucky for us, you. it won't be on the Instagram for another three years. <laughs> sending you to the joke break on that one. <laughs> Poor Picard. Where did I put that gun? No, no, don't kill yourself, Captain. <laughs> Scott here. Go ahead, Commander. We hope we're not interrupting anything important, Captain, but no. I want to inform you that we have achieved orbit around Risa, and we're ready to beam you aboard at your convenience. I'll be returning shortly, Commander. In the interim, stand ready to initiate transporter code 14 at my signal. Transporter code 14? <laughs> Didn't need it, but yeah, I guess they yawned again, everybody. I just wanted to ask if the transporter code fo- 14 is something that Riker doesn't know. Yeah. Or is something that Riker knows is confused that he's using. Like, the way that's played there, it looks like Riker is like, you're making up a transporter code. What is transporter code 14 it, it beam, seems to be down the thing that i no no transporter code created 14 a fake seems explosion. to be blow up whatever but do they or do they they blow it up yeah oh i thought that he keeps it at the end no he blows it up i thought it was a fake okay what? i guess i just did that in my head so he Andy, blows are it you up. adding twists that aren't there i guess so because this episode's that boring it's fine yeah <laughs> i thought it was a switcheroo no, it wasn't a switcheroo. It was a switcherino. Very different. Seems like it's a very so, so. vague thing, the transporter code 14. Jean-Luc. Seems to be very specific, actually. I was just about to come say goodbye. Blow up the thing I throw on the floor. <laughs> Blow up whatever's on my coordinates. Well, then. I've saved you the baller. It's not a bad dress, this one. As soon as possible. Cool. For, for space dresses. <laughs> of course. There's just one last thing you can do for me. Anything. Tell me where you've hidden the Toxutat. That's not funny. You never intended to burn that second disc. 
If you had, you wouldn't have been so careless as to allow Sovak to salvage any of it. You wanted him to follow it. Oh, boy. So that he could see for himself. It's all falling apart. That the Utat wasn't at the cave site. That was the only way he could be convinced that your quest had been futile. Mm -hmm. But how could I have known the Utat wasn't there? Because you'd already been there once before. Probably the moment you arrived on the planet. That's when you found it. Why not just take off then? You're a man of many talents, Jean-Luc. I guess it's a fool. The Ferengi. I this, hid it in this doll. A piece of the future. This, uh, sorry, go ahead, do your bit. No, please, I have no bit. That um, music sting. Yeah, sometimes I have a bit. That music sting is extremely Raiders, almost right out of Raiders. Uh huh. Same. What if it was, if I played it side it by side with been the guest conductor John Williams? <laughs> it would have been amazing with the string, uh, with the music that I'm thinking of. I'm trying to remember what scene it's from. You don't think they tried to do a little inspired by Raiders in the episode that is the most Raiders of the oh, Lost Ark so of obvious. all of the episodes? Yeah, of course, you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, good ear, but also Andy. Of course. Nerd bully. <laughs> I mean, I need a nerd bully theme. That's I mean, what I need. good ear, but come on, dum dum. It didn't make sense, but Mark fixed it. <laughs> Andy, why are you so stupid, man? <laughs> Seriously. Why are you such a dork? What a meanie. Why are you such an idiot? Why don't you know? Jesus. Why don't you know Christ. this episode's trying to reference Raiders of the Lost Ark with its archaeological digs? I did. Why don't you know that 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 they're trying to reference John Williams' score? <laughs> <laughs> you can't play I didn't yawn. Yeah, that's how I hear it though. <laughs> Hmm, that does almost fit in my palm. You know what? I'll say it does in my description that I put into history. <laughs> Were you really going to give this to the Daystrom Institute? Well, maybe not give it. Five years is a huge investment, Jean-Luc. I deserve to make a reasonable profit. She is a good Ferengi girl. Congratulations, Picard. We knew you would not fail us. Please accept this cake. You're not going to just hand it over, are you? You didn't trust me. What makes my you partner trust that? is made of cake. You may eat him. <laughs> we are all made of cake in the it's future. The future, Picard. We are all whatever cake we choose. The professor's note said that it was two Borgons, a male and a female, who attempted to steal the... She lies. We are cake. <laughs> Go ahead. Eat, bite my hand. But put the thing in my hand first before you bite it. Hey, wait. I have ice cream in my pocket, so we're all a mode. That you are who you say you are. You yourself said the Utah belongs to the future. Let me tap the other side of my head for hot fudge. You will return what is ours. What does that mean? No. <laughs> Oh, what do you think of her her stun acting? It was good. pretty good, right? Yeah. Also, she had to act. Now he did his code fourteen. She had to act like she was stunned just enough to be knocked down on her heels, but not enough to be knocked out. Yeah, she did pretty well. 
Go. Return to your own time. There's nothing for you here. History recorded that you destroyed the Utat. You have fulfilled your destiny all too well, Picard. No cake for you. So they knew this was going to happen? And they were trying to change it? Or this they were feels just like playing attempt, out feels their like, bullshit? This feels like attempt number one for them. Uh-huh. And then the way that Ron Moore wanted to end the episode was them going back for attempt number two. Right. That we never would see. Right. Which I liked. Yeah, that is nice. I don't suppose there are any openings for an archaeologist aboard the Enterprise. Two, but uh, not for you. <laughs> we do have an opening for a 20th century expert. How do you feel about holodecks? Weirdly specified. She was a lab assistant for five years. Why does uh, being on the Enterprise seem so bad? How um, how do you? So, how long do you think they've been waiting in orbit now? It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good point. Uh, uh, All right, Picard. We Kevin, wanted you to get your. Do you care to explain? Get some action, but give it a rest. This is ridiculous. We're all sitting up here waiting. Do you care to explain, Captain, why we did transport code fourteen and blew something up, or you want to just orbit for a little while longer? You figure it out. All right. You are out of your mind. The Sarthongians are merciless to trespassers. This isn't a great shade on Patrick Stewart, I, I don't do. think. His, you really do care about His reacting to her being outrageous. Outrageous. He says you it a couple of outrageous. times. Outrageous. He says it a couple of times, right? Does he, yeah. Did he say outrageous there? No, I think he said, you're, you are out of your mind. What are your plans? I thought I might explore the ruins on Sarthong 5. Oh, unbelievable. It's an unbelievable. You are out of your mind. He's kind of smiling. The Sarthongians are merciless to trespassers. Because he likes it. I know. Why is Jean-Luc? Picard. You really do care about me. Yes, I do, Mrs. You will try something from Orphan. <laughs> I always try. All right, back on board the ship with you, Picard. You can hear Picard's Welcome lips aboard, clicking Captain. and clacking. Status report number one. All went well on Starbase 12. I think you'll find the ship in splendid condition. I present my compliments. I would have liked to have you to have oh, seen yes. those scenes, but uh, I guess we can. About that hog gone you requested. Yes, sir. You and I need to have a little chat about that. Was it a relaxing trip, Captain? Uh huh. That oh, mirrors the uh huh. That's true. At right the time. beginning of the episode. Congratulations. Uh huh. Do you think when Riker goes in there that Picard is going to make a move on Riker? I think that he's going to do whatever Picard needs to do. What does that mean? I don't know. Whatever you want it to mean. That's the beauty of what I just said. Fair enough. Andy. Matt. There you go. That's the episode. Time for an MVC. MVC. (laughs) Uh, Did your computer die? No. Oh.
It's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only You know, yeah. At least until hasn't been data for a while. That's true. They were very heavy on data episodes yeah. for a bit, and now they're laying off hard. Maybe there was complaints from the other actors. Or maybe there was a complaint from Data. Interesting. Maybe Rent was like, why do I have to be in every shot and all this white makeup? This is going to be very tough because nothing happens. It's not tough at all. Picard? No. Riker for destroying the thing? It's, 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 it's Transporter Chief O'Brien for doing 14 there's nothing to this episode it's ridiculous we can't give it to o'brien he's not in the episode i think it's reasonable it to has give it to, to be picard i guess i wish i could do my brian impression it has to be picard right i was really enjoying that does it have to be picard um does anybody else do anything do you want to say that how about this members? how about this do we give it to the person who is the most responsible for making Picard go on the vacation because he was he was eventually going to make a mistake that would have put the ship in danger if he kept going the way he did. So, is it Crusher or is it actually Troy? Because she comes up with on the spot. This, Troy is the final, the final straw that breaks n- the... No one is going to believe us that we did this. This is insanity. That we chose Troy. But we're choosing Troy. I think it's Troy, if you want to go by that reasoning. Troy and Riker, Riker suggests. Like Risa. I don't know I don't know that anything Picard does has any impact on anything. Well, in the twenty seventh century probably. But no, I guess quite frankly, true. we didn't see shit, so But do we even know if they're like We legit? don't know if they're legit. We don't know if they're illegit. What we don't would know have, if they're too legit to quit. Let me <laughs> let me ask you this. What would have happened if Rom that isn't Rom uh-huh. um if he had gotten the the gem. He sells it to the highest bidder. And Who's the highest happens? bidder? Probably some evil terrorist organization Romulans. or the Romulans. And then they have a super weapon that can uh, stop nuclear fusion in the star and destroy solar systems. All right. So you guess theoretically you could say that Picard is then the MVC. If because he gets reason. it out of the Romulan hands. Yes. Or the whoever the hell. Sor- what's his name in this? Sorvac? Sovac? Sovac. Whoever Sovac's going to sell it to. Great job, Picard. You did it. <laughs> All right, that's that. Uh huh. And then it's time for us to tell people how many. How many Andy's does this episode get? Wow. Um. Hmm. You know, I feel like the more that we talked about it, the less I like this episode. Three, eh? I'm gonna give it three and a half, just because uh, you know I like watching him mess around on the planet. But it's about the same. Yeah, but spa- you could have given me that in, in half the time. Yeah. And you could have had a cooler thing. You just could have had more investment in, like, or more danger. It was a little too lyrical and not enough Star Trek. I agree. Says Andy. Andy, it's time for the trailer for next week's episode, Tin Man. Okay, wait. Let me say what I think it is. It's got to be about data. Uh-huh. Um... It's it's got to be a lot of themes about whether he's human or not in that one. So you're just going by the title you're describing it prior to seeing the trailer. Yes, I thought we would do after you saw the trailer. Well, that's what we were planning to do, but after you see the trailer, I'm like, oh, it's that thing we just watched in the trailer. <laughs> sure, that's a good point. We can also just remove this part of the. Uh, I, I like show. this part, and it's uh, our show. So um, 
I think that he is um he meets a a lieutenant named Dorothy. Uh-huh. And uh and then he gets swept away through a uh through a nebula. Uh-huh. Uh, to another uh, place where uh, the shuttle pod uh, lands on a uh, a Valtrox, which is a which is a, a witch of some kind in yeah, the future. Yeah. And um, and then there's a there's a scarecrow creature. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see the trailer now and see what Andy see if Andy got any of it right. Buckle up. I've now said it. <laughs> It's one of my least favorite episodes of Star Trek. Here we go. All right. Next time on Star Trek, the next generation. A telepath leads a critical mission to save an alien. Direct mind-to-mind contact is our only hope. The race is on to stop an enemy threat from destroying it. If you interfere, we will destroy you as well. Now, they face an explosive showdown. Commander, we are prepared to defend the life of the alien. On Star Trek, the next generation. That must be because that alien is an irritation. Because the Romulan part of it looks amazing. Oh, it's the empath. Yeah, it's the empath. It's the Beta Z. Yeah. It's the redhead guy. Drives me crazy. I bet Troy, is Troy is heavy he in this episode he's too? Just a, I mean, he's a all the characters that deal with Troy are irritating. Fucking Devanoni Jones, the deaf guy. Everybody's irritating. That I mean, Troy look, has to deal with. I just have to say, this is an episode that I feel like was on all the time when I was a kid. I've probably seen it over a dozen times, uh-huh. and I have no recollection of the plot except to say that I don't like that guy. Yeah. Reasonable, Matt. Yeah, Andy. Do you want to recloak? You know, I'm going to recloak, but before I recloak, I just would like to remind everybody that if this was somehow not enough of us for you, there is now a Patreon page where you can get even more of us. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Anything else you'd like to promote, Andy? Mm, no. <laughs> You can give you the whole list of our Instagram and Twitter, but honestly, it's all on the Patreon anyway. It Patreon.com. It's all there. Forward slash Star all, your, Trek TNC. all your needs. Also, don't forget the face group. Join our face group. Uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation is the face group. If you tried to join and haven't been let in yet, it's probably because you haven't answered the question. Look at the question. There's a question there, and that's your that's your key to entry. All right. Andy, I'm gonna, let's decloak, shall we? All right. Am I signing off while we're decloaking? Disengage. How do you feel about that? I like it. All right. I'm okay with it, too. <laughs> really cool. But just to uh, double check here, let's just make sure we really, if anyone's a completist out there, uh, let's just also be about <laughs> uh, This is weird. I feel like the cloak was fine. <laughs> Disengage.